Did you know there's a difference between upsells and cross-sells? An upsell is when customers add something to the cart and you offer them an upgrade or a better version. So let's say it's coffee. They add a one-pound bag, and then you upsell them the two-pound bag. When they accept, the two-pound bag is added and the one-pound bag is removed from their cart. A cross-sell is when your customer adds something to the cart and you offer them a product to go along with it. So let's say it's that coffee again. Your offer might be coffee filters, and when they accept it, the filters get added along with the coffee. And of course, you could do them all together. So let's say your customer adds coffee to the cart, you offer them the two-pound bag, bam, they accept it, and then when they click checkout, you offer them the extra filters. And then finally, after the checkout, you could have a special offer that expires in five minutes with a big countdown timer in their face to get one more bag for 50% off. So how would you implement that money-making magic? Well, with Bold's product upsell app, the first ever upsell app on Shopify. It's been a game changer for stores. And recently, Bold made some major improvements to it that are taking it to the next level. This might just be the one app every store should have, assuming you have more than one product, of course. With the new upsell version 3.0, you can offer upsells and cross-sells before and after checkout with one click. And even better, if you have the free Bold Brain app, all these upsells can be automated. So if you're not offering some form of upsells on your store, you're leaving big heaping piles of money on the table. You can get started with Bold Apps product upsell today with a 60-day free trial by going to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines, and it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Recording from EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago, this is the unofficial Shopify podcast, and I'm your host, Kurt Elster. In the past several months, we have, you know, throughout the show, we have talked a lot about the importance of email. We're on, like, episode 150, and there's got to be at least a dozen episodes just about email, because it's hugely important. Um, and recently, we, we doubled down leading up to the holidays, talked even more about email. We released a product, our holiday email marketing guide. Um, so really, we had, we had doubled down on email, and to the point where I recently canceled two episodes um, that were pending recording, just because they were about email again, and I finally said, all right, it's enough, we got to take a break from email. But to be able to do email marketing, you know, we've, we've established it's important, um, but to be able to do email marketing, you need a list, right? You need people to send emails to. 
And then Shopify collects, it'll automatically collect um, emails of customers. So you can reach out to past customers, which is always good and pleasant and fantastic. Um, but for people who, you know, just anonymous strangers, visitors to the site, they really, they don't have, if they don't buy anything and they don't, you don't get their email and then they are really of no value to you. So how do you get value out of just these random drive-by visitors to your website? Well, often it's with pop-ups, right? You have a, an email pop-up form to do email capture or you, know, you have an exit intent email pop-up with like a coupon code offer. You know, there's a lot of different ways to collect emails and they're often around these pop-ups. So you know, I, I have a couple best practices but, uh, for it. Uh, but a few weeks, uh, a few uh, a month ago now, I was in Brooklyn to speak at a day with Shopify, and I met a man who knows pop-ups inside and out. It was Ben Jabawi. Did I get that right, Ben? Yeah, that's right, Kurt. That's close enough, or is it right? <laughs> no, that was right. Oh, okay. So I met Ben Jabawi, who is the founder of Privy, which you probably have heard of at this point. It's a really fantastic, easy-to-use uh, email list growth platform that has uh, a Shopify app and a free um, a free plan. So it's very popular, and I like it a lot. First time I used it to help somebody out, I immediately, and I told Ben this earlier, I knew, okay, this is now my go-to because it is, it is easy to use but has power features. I loved it. Um, but he's got, they, he was just telling me, they have 200,000, as of November, they'll have 200,000 visitors, or I'm sorry, 200,000 customers, users of their app in 180 countries, and they have taken this data-driven approach to lead capture, which I love, you know, anything data-driven is always fantastic, um, and on-site personalization, and they've worked with brands like Uniqlo, The Beatles, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, it's fantastic. So I invited Ben on to talk us through some of the best practices. What have they learned in the process. So Ben, thank you for, for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kurt. Excited to be with you today. Yeah. So, all right. So we, you've got a, a ton of users, hundreds of thousands at this point. What is so, you know, the app is good, but more importantly, people must be interested in pop-ups in general. Why are pop-ups so popular right now? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and usually, you know, when I'm talking to people, they usually have one of two reactions when you hear the word pop-up, right? One is either, oh, I hate those things, they're so annoying, or if they're a business owner or marketer, they say, oh, yeah, of course I use pop-ups. Um, it's the fastest way to grow your list. And I think if you just take a step back, no matter what side or camp you're on, and, and try to understand why they're becoming so popular, um, you know, what we found is that for many visitors to an e-commerce site, especially um, having a pop-up is a great way to remove the friction of learning more about that business, right? So I've, I'm a fan of the podcast, listen to a bunch of the episodes. A lot of folks here talk about driving traffic, doing Facebook ads, different things like that. And then on the other side, you guys have spent a ton of time on how to better nurture emails uh, once you have them, building automation campaigns, things like that. But what we found is that many, many e-commerce businesses actually have a gap in that funnel, which is centered around how to convert more of that traffic into subscribers, because the reality is so few of the visitors on your site are actually completing a purchase. Right. So figure, you know, that your conversion rate, um, 
but figure a really, you know, a good optimized store with a product people want is doing what, like 3% conversion rate would be great. A lot of people would be really happy to have that. But then even with that, which we really, we recognize that as, as good or great, uh, it still means 97 out of 100 people did not make a purchase. That's exactly right. And, you know, pop-ups, um, no matter how you're kind of positioning the content of that pop-up or any other display type that's going for lead capture, uh, we've seen just a tremendous amount of variance and conversion rates and data that can really define best practices across our network of sites that we see. Um, and today, you know, if you look at like the last 30 days of traffic going through the system, we're actually seeing over a billion consumers uh, that are hitting these sorts of campaigns. And so collectively across that network, we can help our e-commerce merchants really define uh, a set of best practices and at least benchmark how they're doing compared to peers. All right. Here's a trivia question for you. In a day, how many pop-ups does Privy trigger? <laughs> um that's a really good question. Uh, I think, let's see. So in about a week, we're collecting about a million emails on behalf of merchants, maybe a little bit above that. Um, so divide that by seven. Um, you know, whatever a million divided by seven is, um, is the number of email signups per day across our network. And then if you kind of multiply that by uh, 20, we're probably at about uh, 20 million a day. Oh my gosh. So let's see what we got here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's nuts. Or uh, higher actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, doing, doing the back of the napkin math here. Okay. So, uh, well, let's back up 10,000 foot view here. How are you defining what a pop-up is? What's a pop-up if I don't know? Yeah. So for those that don't know, um, I think it's, it's simplest to define a pop-up as uh, a message from the site that is going to load for site visitors that isn't part of the core navigation and will typically load based on some sort of uh, automatic or user-defined trigger. So that's uh, a timer um, may trigger a pop-up. Uh, if you scroll maybe 50 or 75% of the way down a page, that may trigger a pop-up. Um, or you may have you know, exit intent, which is looking for mouse movement of visitors, and if they're going to leave the site based on mouse movement, that would trigger it. Uh, or you may have some sort of button or tab that's available um, that, when clicked, will present a message or notification or pop-up from the site. Okay, so early on, uh, well, so if I've got uh, most Shopify themes now, I don't know if it's a requirement, but it seems most all of them have a newsletter pop-up feature built in, right, into the theme settings. What's the difference between those and you know, your app or some of the other you know, popular pop-up apps? Yeah, there, there's, there's a bunch of differences. I think what we found is uh, design targeting and integrations really, really matter these days. Um, you know, let's just focus on integrations for one for one sec. Um, Privy is integrated with over 50 email programs, a bunch of uh, really popular abandoned cart programs as well. So um, for those that use those like Klaviyo or MailChimp or Recart, whoever it is, um, and you want to define rules on when you capture a new lead, where those leads sync over to 
that third-party program because Privy is integrated will enable that automatically for you um, and even give you some additional uh, power user features around those sync integrations, um, which are, of course, going to be very different than how the native pop-ups or forms integrate with those platforms. And then um, around uh, design, so certainly, you know, any out-of-the-box form builder will give you a little bit of control on the message and how it looks, but if you're really um, particular about your brand and you want templates and your own custom fonts and you want to change the size and instead of a pop-up you want this sort of spin to win interactive type pop-up um, or flyouts or any of these other display types then privy is really going to add a lot of value there uh, because without any code or oh privy can any- do those crazy spin to win things oh yeah 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 we offer a bunch of different display types pop-ups are obviously very popular but flyouts Um, which are attached to the bottom right or bottom left, bars, which kind of hover um, at the bottom or top of the site, banners, spin to win, um, and and even embedded forms, right? Because people like the customization capabilities, the integrations, and the targeting rules that we enable without any sort of coding. Hmm. Yeah, that is one of the nice parts. There's no... one of the things I like about it is add the app, and then it just injects the JavaScript, and you're done. There's no, you don't have to do anything. There's no theme editing. It just works. Um, am yes. I correct? Yeah. No, okay. that's yes. that's exactly it. All right. So let me put this in context of what a the flow looks like, uh, the sales funnel would look like, where we'd want to use one of these. Uh, so an ideal scenario is we want to uh, develop cold traffic. We want to take cold traffic and, and nurture them into customers. And just showing people, hey, here's a Facebook ad to a product, buy it, is not going to work. Um, it may, but it's going to be unlikely. So we want to increase the total number of touch points that we have with people. So here's a, an example flow that works exceptionally well, especially if you have uh, a new or an expensive product. So we'll say like, um, well, I don't know. Uh, but you know, we we show people an ad for an educational resource, like an article or a video, or maybe a video and an article on Facebook. They click it, they end up on the site, and then so they they are now reading and learning about uh, this natural um, uh, educational thing that will help them. And then when they go to leave the site, or they scroll to the bottom, we fire a pop up that says, "Hey, you know, get uh, we want some offer where we collect their email address." If we don't collect their email address, okay, we can keep retargeting them on Facebook. But if we do collect their email address with Privia, Privy, now we could do two things. We could put them in an email flow to try and continue the education and then eventually sell them on this service. Maybe have a flash sale in there, or we can, uh, or and or we can then exclude them from our prospecting campaign because we know, okay, we've collected that email. So just by having that pop up with that email now enables us to have this much more complex um, sales funnel, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Yes. That's and that's exactly like, right. I, you know, I think that's like 300 level stuff. Not everybody's going to want to do that. If I want to dumb it down way more to a, just a basic thing that you should be doing anyway. I, I don't mean dumb pejoratively, uh, but simpler, less complex. Uh, someone visits my site, they exit and they go to leave the site and boom, we could pop up, uh, we could open up a pop-up that says, hey, you know, uh, enter your email and get 10% off your first purchase. Fantastic. Or uh, maybe 
So we, if they're on the homepage and they're bouncing, they're low-value prospect. Let's say they get to our cart. Well, we, can seg- we could do different pop-ups based on the URL. So if we see slash cart and they exit intent, all right, now we pop up and say, hey, here, we'll skip the email process entirely. Say, hey, you know, don't leave. Here's a coupon code right now for that 10% off. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think even just in that quick overview, you've kind of touched on one of the, the key actually two key use cases of something like Privy. So one would be you're driving qualified traffic to the site, um, give them what might feel like a offer or an incentive in order to subscribe to your email list. Um, we call that the welcome offer. We'd expect you to convert about 5 to 10% of traffic um, that's seeing that offer in exchange for a coupon. And then another really common uh, and growing use case is what we call a cart saver. So actually uh, looking for users that have product or value in their cart and matched up with that kind of concept of exit intent. So they're leaving your site with those products still in their cart. Um, and that's one fantastic last-ditch effort you can use to present them with an offer to try to get them to complete that purchase or again, at least convert into a lead so that you can nurture them back to the site. I have a bunch of nitty gritty questions about best practices for pop-ups, but let's yeah. start there. Let's focus on, um, run me through the various, like your standard, these are the the offers everyone should be running using pop-ups. And ideally privy, but I mean, there, there are several yeah, pop-up apps. So if you wanted absolutely. to, you already have a pop-up app, maybe you could try it with it. Yeah, of course. So um, definitely, I think, when, you're, when you can identify new visitors to the site, that's usually based on their cookie or session count. Um, we recommend presenting a nice branded welcome offer, um, something that looks and fits in like your site and gives them the offer of a small coupon code, maybe it's 5% to start, in exchange for joining your email list. And in that, we would definitely recommend clearly communicating uh, what they can expect by joining your list, right? So A, they're going to get a coupon code immediately while they're still on the site. Uh, and B, they can expect, you know, special announcements um, and from time to time some some emails about new products, let's say. Uh, that's a fantastic use case we see many people doing uh, and very successful with. The other would be uh, what we call a cart saver. So this would be targeted a bit more. So you're looking only for people that have let's say uh, 20 bucks or more in their cart and are exiting the site. Um, so it's not gonna present itself unless those things are both true. And normally you might just say, oh, well, isn't my abandoned cart email program gonna take care of that for, for me? But the reality is that's a great thing to have set up and, and we always recommend you use something there. Um, but if the abandoned cart email is sending out then that assumes two things, right? Or one, it assumes you actually know who that person is and you have their email and what happens, right? If they haven't gotten far enough along in the checkout process, then you may not even know who they are and that email won't send. And second, the only other thing to think about is if you're sending an abandoned cart email, um, that's again, that's great, but that means that they've already left your site. Um, so thinking about a cart saving pop-up from Privy or something like that um, will actually give you one last attempt to keep them on your site and complete that purchase before they even enter your abandoned cart email funnel. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And then 
you know, that's kind of like our level one and level two. And then some other campaign types that we're seeing that are hugely powerful are those um, for those merchants and marketers that are actually spending on ads and driving traffic through different mechanisms, right? So let's say you sell two products on your site and you've got uh, an ad funnel, you know, on Facebook based around both of those, right? So one for each. Um, If you're selling a red sweater and your Facebook ad in funnel one is centered around that red sweater, when you're driving the traffic to the site from that ad group, you know, you're going to want it to feel like a continuation of that visitor journey, right? So if they clicked on the image of the red sweater on the Facebook ad that drives them to the site, then we would recommend that your pop-up or your display from Privy actually includes a very similar image and message to what they saw in the ad. That way they feel like there's continuity in that user journey, right? Versus maybe the other group of people are coming through the green tank top. And so you should try to be consistent with that referral traffic and show them something consistent with how they were brought to the site in the first place. Right. So that's and a little bit more advanced. But. Yeah, it is more advanced, but that is like as you get more advanced and start using more and more um, like different offers and networks and systems, et cetera, uh, it, it starts to get a little weird in that you need consistency among all of them because you can end up with like, all right, I'm doing remarketing on Facebook and, I'm, and Google and I've got this email uh, system, you know, I've got like email workflow set up and then like all three are making different offers to people and that could be off-putting. Um, so this is like what uh, you're suggesting would help enable uh, better segmentation. Um, and then like as you get into more advanced stuff, you can help prevent um, those competing offers. Exactly. And if you're just getting started, then I think, you know, removing the friction of what it takes a visitor to sign up for your email list is the goal. Right. Because we like to think everyone's going to make that first purchase the first time they're on the site. But the reality is it may take a little bit more nurturing. So make sure you've got a simple, clear call to action for many sites that that could uh, be a pop up from something like Privy. Um, And, you know, my number my second piece of advice would be just to make sure that that's going to look great on a mobile device. most everything you do from inside of Privy is already mobile optimized, but it, in many cases it may make sense to actually run two separate campaigns. Like you could use an email bar or a flyout on mobile uh, versus a pop-up that's kind of more horizontal on desktop. Um, and so just a couple of those things, right? Device-based messaging um, and perhaps the welcome offer are great starting points for those who haven't yet implemented any sort of email capture strategy on their site. Okay. Talking about, well, all right, so out of all of those various use cases, and they're all fantastic, and if you have the time, do them all, uh, but if not, which is just the one that I should be doing if, let's say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 12 months into my store, I'm established, I have some sales, I have a list, we're growing, we're stacking the Burks slow, slowly, and I install Privy today. What is the one workflow I should start with here? Yeah, I would, I would start simple, and I would just have an offer that is probably a 5% or 10% coupon code that's valid on any purchase that would load either when someone's exiting or if they're on the site for five seconds. Okay. And then when you say, you know, uh, so exit intent we could do on desktop because we have a mouse. So when we see the mouse leave the viewport as it heads toward that close tab button, and then we pop it open. So that way we're only in, we're only, if you, even if you believe that pop-ups are annoying, you could still use them with exit intent because that was someone who was leaving anyway. Um, 
But on mobile, we're not so lucky. We don't have a mouse. There's no way to tell uh, if they're they're heading toward that. So you have to use, uh, you're saying a timer. Yeah, you could use timer to kind of look for that sort of lingering intent on mobile. Um, you could use the scroll trigger, which is another thing um, a lot of people like to do. So if they scroll 100% of the way down your site, um, then that would kind of load it. Um, but we, there are, and actually we do support this concept of exit intent on mobile. Oh, but how instead, does that work? Yeah, so instead of looking for mouse moving towards closing the browser, um, what we look for is a back button or navigating between browser tabs. So it's a little bit less kind of foolproof around someone leaving the site. But imagine, you know, you, you've driven someone to your site and very quickly they press the back button um, on mobile. That could be a great signal of, of exit intent. Very good. Uh, okay. I have a bunch of specific nitty gritty questions around best practices. So in awesome. of the, all right, design wise, when I think of, actually, no, let's back up. I'm going to interrupt myself here. A common misconception I heard, especially earlier this year, less so now, was that Google's going to penalize you if you have pop-ups on your site. Yes, happy to address that. Um, yes, go ahead. So in at the end of last year, Google made an announcement um, that they are going to be penalizing what they describe as obtrusive pop-ups on mobile. Um, and really what they're looking for there is is this scenario. This is what they're trying to avoid. How many times have you uh, run a Google search from your phone and let's say you click on uh, the New York Times, right? You're driven to the site and then immediately something loads, which is called an interstitial, which takes over the entire site and it's like an ad that's playing, right? That's completely obtrusive, obtrusive to the experience of looking for content, landing on the site, and then you're interrupted with something that is completely unrelated. So when, when Google's talking about penalizing, what they're talking about is just what you're doing on mobile. And um, what they're trying to encourage users to do is think about that mobile experience first. So in order to remain compliant when you're doing this sort of thing on mobile, what we would actually recommend is targeting a specific campaign with its own triggers just to mobile. And rather than using a pop-up, what we would recommend is what we describe as a bar. So this is something that's very thin. It sits at the bottom or the top of the site. And it actually requires the user, the visitor, to click the bar to open the form. Um, so that could be one way to kind of uh, address the Google issue. And that's a, a, a mechanism and display type that still converts very, very well from what we've seen. Um, the other way to get around that is if you still want to use a pop-up on mobile, um, again, what Google's trying to avoid is that first click after your search on a mobile device, you're interrupted with something. So we would recommend that you keep the pop-up or the fly-out to less than 50% of the screen size in terms of the height um, and actually reserving the load for the second page view of the visit. Right that way, if... Um, Google's doing any testing with bots or crawlers or anything like that when they come to your site, there's nothing that's going to load if you still want to use a pop-up after you clicked from a search. But if you move to, if you navigate to a second page view that session, 
that's another time where you can actually feel confident in loading a larger kind of format pop up on the screen. I love it. I'm glad we have we have cleared this this nonsense up because I get I had a lot of people. I mean, understandably, they're concerned about following Google's best practices, but just being like, "Oh, pop ups are bad. We can't use it." No, yeah, it's not quite and, the case. I mean, really, you're right. The thing that they specifically cited was interstitials, and even the sites that are, use interstitials apparently are unbothered or unaffected by this. Because, like, if you read an article on uh, Forbes.com, you'll always get like I think this guy—they're the worst culprit. But yeah, you get this page with just an ad that's like, "You'll be redirected in five, four, three." That <laughs> right, thing. right. Like, of, that's yes. the interstitial. Yeah, right, that right. drives me nuts. Yeah, and I think I mean it, it's hard to understand how how. Um, religiously they've cracked down. But our point of view, even from day one before this came out, is that you really should be thinking about uh, designing for device type and crafting user experiences that add value, um, whether it's a, a desktop or mobile. And so I think we do a lot of coaching around making sure this fits in with, with your site, make sure it looks good, um, make sure that if you're gonna trigger something like this, it's relevant to that user. Um, and certainly on a smaller screen like a, a desktop, I mean, on a mobile, um, make sure that, you know, you're not getting in the way of why that person is coming to the site and that they can, if, if you want them to try to opt in for something, that they can prompt it to load themselves. Very good. Okay. Um, getting into nitty gritty best practices here. For design wise, um, well, actually, no. So. Uh, of the various formats and types of pop-ups, what has the, what's the most effective? What is the best opt-in rate? Yeah, great question. And I know, like uh, the answer on many things is, well, it depends on your audience, right? But what, <laughs> you know, what have you seen? Yeah, so let's talk about two things. The number one thing we've seen that carries the most weight on your conversion rate is actually not the display type; it's the message. So. Let me walk through three different message types. This is how we look at the world. The first is a form that says, join our email list and we'll send you cool stuff, right? We would call that a sign up. Um, that doesn't describe a specific offer. It doesn't promise anything specific, right? It's, yeah, it's vague and we'll usually, see, like the default we'll see is like, sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know about uh, special offers, new products, and events. And it's like, exactly. Okay, and, it's, pos it's better <laughs> than just saying subscribe, but it's right. not amazing. Right, and you know, every brand's different though, so some people need to start there, and what we see is what you could expect is 1% of people that see that will register. The second is what we call an offer, so that's exactly what you'd expect. You're promising something like join our email list and we'll give you a coupon code for 5% off, let's say. So what we see is, again, regardless of the display type, whether it's a pop-up or a flyout or a bar, you should be converting around 5% or higher. The third type is what you might describe as like a sweepstakes or a enter to win. And what we're seeing here is that across our network, over 15% of people that see that will convert. And you may be sitting there saying, oh, 15%, that sounds amazing. But the reality is when you're converting that much traffic, the quality of each of these leads goes way down when you're using something like a spin to win or a sweepstakes. Okay. So it's not always about trying to maximize the conversions. It's, it's about trying to build the right relationships with people that have a higher likelihood of purchase. 
right? And just to, to clarify, when you uh, in this context, when you say conversions, you're referring to uh, people who opt into the, the pop-up, not sales on the site. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So now you've got you know, sign up, which is 1% of, of people that see it opting in, offer, which is five or higher, um, and enter to win, which is 15% or higher. Um, <laughs> now, what you, what you typically see is the next thing will be, okay, so what display type should I use once I know the message or offer behind my campaign? And the two most effective that we see are the pop-ups, and the spin to win format, which has that kind of wheel of fortune concept. Um, but again, I think starting with um, starting with the message and what offer makes sense for your business um, is going to lead to more success um, and a better starting point than just immediately coming out of the gate with like a spin to win wheel. Okay. The let's see what we got here. All right. So the uh, we want to start with a standard pop up. And the offer itself is the most important factor. Uh, Design-wise, I like that previews are pop-ups are very pretty, um, and a lot of them are like, "Hey, you put in like a background image." I think that's cool. Is there uh, design-wise? Are there best practices like you know, with or without an image? Anything that that stands out? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's important to keep in mind that when anyone is viewing these on your site that they have it in context with the rest of your brand, right? They're, they're still on your site when they're viewing this. So I think you don't necessarily need to rush into making sure your logo's on this. Um, you don't need to add product pictures in the background. Uh, like some people like to put in their full line of products into their pop-ups. And I think it's just important to remember that they're still on their site when a visitor is seeing this. So you don't need those things. Um, What's most important when it comes to design is making sure that stylistically, the way that this is presented does fit in with the site, right? Try to use the same fonts. Um, if the call to action buttons on your site are red outlined buttons that have squared edges, then make sure you're kind of mimicking that when you're designing something in Privy. Um, and then, you know, the other kind of major consideration is like how much text and what images, if any. And I think it's important to make it fit in like your brand. And if that means it's colorful and, and has great background images, awesome. But just be sure that the message, specifically the offer, is crystal clear and that the expectations on what happens after they sign up is crystal clear, right? So if you're thinking about promising a coupon code after sign up for 5%, you know, make sure that the the first kind of piece of text that captures their eye in your design is the 5%. Um, and that instead of the button perhaps saying subscribe, if you're going to reveal that code immediately, maybe it says reveal coupon code now. Okay. Right. Little techniques like that. But at a glance, you know, if you think about like pitch decay is someone only remembers one or two things when they're looking at something. Um, make sure that those are the, the most important things that carry the weight around conversion, which is going to be the offer that's behind your design. All right. So which of, of our offers, what's the most compelling? Uh, it's in this case, I hate to use this, but it, it is going to actually depend on the audience, right? So if you're just starting simple and you have one pop-up, 
um, that's hitting every new visitor on your site, you're going to want to keep it incredibly generic and applicable to anything. So we recommend starting small, try 5%. Um, if that's converting less than 5% of people that view it into subscribers, you know, if you're comfortable with your margins, try 10%, but keep it broadly applicable to any product or purchase on the site, right? You're just trying to learn and build more relationships to start. Okay. As you kind of enter the advanced levels and you're doing more referral-based messaging based on different ad groups or based on how much is in someone's cart, that's when you can be more specific around, you know, a coupon code or free shipping based on certain values and different things like that. that Hold up. In Privy, I can make, I can have pop-ups trigger based on the amount in the cart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, <laughs> This is definitely some of the more advanced stuff that we offer, but that's that's exactly right. And the the common use case we see around that, just to kind of make this more digestible, is that let's say your average order value is twenty bucks. Um, if someone has up to twenty bucks in their cart, you may and they're leaving your site without purchase, you may want to present them with a small offer of I don't know maybe five percent, right? But if let's say that your average order was 20 bucks, but someone has 100 bucks in their cart and they're about to leave, maybe you're willing to be a bit more aggressive with your cart saving display. Um, and so you could definitely use different cart value rules to define uh, what offer you're going to show based on who's leaving your site and how much they have in their cart. Yeah, I think um, I think monetary values, if you say like 50 bucks off versus 10% off, I think... Um Often the the dollar value will convert better, but you can't you know as the size of the cart changes. Obviously, the the dollar value, the percentage you're giving them back, is going to change. If I were able to control my offer based on a range in the cart, now I could practically have be like, all right, you know, up to twenty bucks. Be like, hey, you know, I'll you do a percentage, and then like fifty to a hundred. Oh, all right, we'll give you five bucks off. A hundred to you know, like in yeah. Um, put it into like a sliding scale, that kind of thing. I think yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. My next best practice question here is uh, uh, the trigger. What works? What, I've got a couple triggers here. I could like scroll, time, exit intent. What's, the, what's best practice? Yeah, so think about how you use something like Privy in terms of use cases. And so... Um, the way that we talk about best practices around triggers is based on the use case or the problem you're trying to achieve, there's probably a different set of triggers that you want, right? So for a welcome offer, for new traffic on your site, it probably makes the most sense to have that on a timer, right? Maybe five or 10 seconds. Um, but if it's about saving someone's cart, then a timer probably doesn't make sense, right? And that's where exit intent comes in, in handy. Um, especially when you combine these with some of the other targeting rules that filter down the audience for that specific offer or display. So uh, if you're thinking about driving traffic, again, welcome offers would be on a timer. If you're thinking about saving carts before they leave, you're going to want to use the exit intent trigger. But if you have like a great content site or blog, then um, on your blog, I think probably the best trigger for, for content is is scroll percentage, right? That way when someone's reading your blog post um, and they scroll 75% of the way down, that's probably a good indicator of at least some level of interest. Um, 
But again, I think you really need to think about triggers and targeting in terms of which problem or use case that's solving on your site. Also, yeah, it makes sense. I thought that one, that was definitely an it depends answer. Um, okay, so of, you've got several formats. It sounds like just standard pop-up and spin-to-win are the ones with the highest conversion rate. Yep, especially on desktop. Um, and then when it comes to mobile, uh, we see the bar or the flyouts work very well. Okay. Um, and I think, um, you know, those are just kind of more user-defined and better fit the format of a mobile display, which are kind of more vertical in nature rather than a, a desktop, which is horizontal or landscape in nature. That makes sense. All right. I have thoroughly picked your brain. This has been trem <laughs> been tremendously valuable. Or there are a few surprises in there and a lot of just like confirming things I suspected, uh, which, I, of course, I, I love to be told I'm right. Um, but what uh, as we're, we're at the end of our time together. Uh, any closing thoughts? I know you said you had a, a resource for Shopify merchants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of what we do is try to educate some of the newer users um, who are just kind of playing around with these concepts. So definitely, if you haven't, check out privy.com slash academy. It's a free resource, whether you're using Privy or any other vendor for email capture, you'll learn a lot about best practices and some of the data and use cases. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's level 101, 201, and 301 there. So no matter if you're a head of digital marketing or the business owner, an operator, I think you'll have a lot to learn there. Very good. Uh, and finally, where could people go to learn more about you, Ben? Yeah, just head over to privy.com or for those on Shopify, um, check us out on the App Store. Ben, thank you for, for being here. It's been an honor and pleasure. Yeah, Kurt, thanks for having me today and hope to be in touch. All right. Before we close, I want to give a special thanks to Clavio. If you've listened to this show, it should be no surprise to you that I love Clavio. We've seen their automation workflows typically add 10 to 20% additional revenue every month for our clients. And that's why thousands of e-commerce companies use Clavio to increase their sales. So how does it do it? Well, it brings together all of your Shopify e-commerce data in one place, which makes it super easy for you to create highly relevant, automated, and personalized email and Facebook ad campaigns. Yes, it even integrates Facebook audiences, which is very cool. You can sign up for free today at Clavio.com. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. And that's it for us today at the unofficial Shopify podcast. But I want to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please join our Facebook group. It's the unofficial Shopify podcast insiders. I know you've got your phone. Just search for it. Come talk to us. Or sign up for my newsletter at KurtElster.com. Shoot me an email. Either way, you're going to be notified whenever a new episode goes live. And of course, if you want to work with me on your next project, though I'm a bit booked at the moment, you can apply at ethercycle.com apply. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.